Good afternoon and good evening to everyone. My name is Dave Frankowski and I'll be your moderator for today's class. And welcome to another lecture given by the Oceanside California class. This is a school and not a church. Neither are we affiliated with any religious organization. This school is a nonprofit, non-denominational, religious and scientific research organization dedicated to showing proof of the existence of Yahweh our Elohim and the operation of his eternal purpose, pattern, and plan operating throughout eternity to this present day. This school was established as a result of a divine vision and revelation given unto our founder, Dr. Henry Clifford Kinley, in the state of Ohio in the year of 1931. We were incorporated in the state of California in the year of 1958, and we hold classes in the United States and in various other countries. The Oceanside class was established in 1994. At this time, I'd like to introduce to you the Dean of the Oceanside class, Dr. Dennis Volpe, and the President, Dr. Carl Emler. Now in this school, we use the true, correct, and original name and title for the Father, the Word or Son, and the Holy Spirit, which are contained in the original Hebrew text. The correct name for our Heavenly Father is Yahweh. It has been improperly substituted by Lord. The correct title for the Word or Son is Elohim. It has been improperly substituted by God. And the correct name of the Holy Spirit manifested in or out of a physical body is Yahshua. It has been erroneously substituted by Jesus Christ. Lord and God are titles. They are not names. The Apostle Paul, filled with the Holy Spirit, tells us in 1 Corinthians 8 and 5 that there are Lord's many and there are God's many. But we now know that each Lord must have a name and each God must have a name also. Elohim is a title, but unlike the titles of Lord and God, Elohim is a divine title. It's a divine title because it's the title that our Creator has chosen for Himself. Jesus is a name, but it is an erroneous name. And a minor investigation on your part into a good dictionary or encyclopedia would prove that neither the Hebrew, the Greek, nor the Latin languages have any letters or characters in their alphabet that would produce the sound that's made by the letter J. Neither was there a letter J in our own English language until some 1,400 years after the death of the Messiah, which would make such names as Jesus and Jehovah impossible renderings for the true name of our Father and His Son. Christ is a title just like Lord and God. Yahweh is pure spirit, and in this state, he is incomprehensible and inscrutable. He is the ultimate source, substance, the limits and the bounds of everything that exists. We have Yahweh in his pure spirit state, symbolized on this chart as a cloud. Yahweh is not a cloud. He merely chose a cloud because a cloud has no particular or descriptive shape and form. And we've drawn this cloud to extend all around the edges of this chart to show that everything on the chart is within the cloud. 
in like manner, everything in the universe abides within the pure spirit state of Yahweh. Yahweh, knowing that man could not perceive of him in his pure spirit state, took on shape and took on form right within himself as Yahweh Elohim. This is the word or son, a super incorporeal being that is having the shape and form of a man, but without flesh and blood. This form could only be seen in divine visions and understood in divine revelations. Later on, this self-same spirit manifested himself in a physical body, and he walked the earth plane as Yahshua, the Messiah, who the whole world calls Jesus Christ. Now there's only one name given unto salvation, and we must know that name. So the simple yet intelligent question that we should ask ourselves is, what did they call the Savior when he walked the earth plane? A further understanding of this name and title may be had by reading the preface to the Holy Name Bible. Also in this school, we teach by the divine pattern of the universe. It's the divine pattern because it's Yahweh's pattern. After Yahweh led the children of Israel, out of the land of Egypt, he called Moses on top of Mount Sinai, and he showed him this threefold tabernacle pattern in a vision. Later on, Yahweh instructed Moses to build one in the wilderness of Sinai, exactly like the one he had seen in his vision on the mount. The tabernacle pattern is a threefold pattern consisting of a most holy place, a holy place, and a court roundabout. These three compartments make up the one tabernacle pattern. In this school, we show proof that everything in the universe is made and it operates according to the structure and the function of this threefold tabernacle pattern, and that absolutely nothing escapes the pattern. This school has 10 primary constitutional objectives and aims, and they are as follows. One, to help you find and know Yahweh our Elohim as he really is and actually exists. Two, to form a nucleus of universal brotherhood of humanity in Yahshua the Messiah without distinction of race, nationality, creed, sex, caste, or color. Three, to investigate the unexplained spirit law or so-called law of nature and the powers latent in man. Four, to encourage and promote the study of the scriptures, comparative religions, psychology, philosophy, modern, practical, and occult science. Five, to extirpate current superstition, skepticism, and ignorance. Six, to learn, know, and understand the operation of Yahweh's eternal purpose through the dispensations and ages. Seven, to discern and avoid being deceived by Lucifer, the serpent, the devil, the dragon, or Satan and his demons, operating the mystery of iniquity on earth through the dispensations of time. Eight, to earnestly contend for the common salvation and faith, which was once delivered unto the sons or children of Yahweh. Nine, to make known that Yahweh from the beginning ordained. There is no other name given among men whereby man can be saved, 
saving the name of Yahshua, the Messiah. And 10, to inherit eternal life now in the kingdom of Yahshua, the Messiah, with the hope of immortal glorification in the new earth state. Our watchword is peace, and our slogan is speak the truth. We'll begin this afternoon with a prayer by Dr. Sean Hudgen-Wordle from our Ontario, California class. And we'll have a scripture read, which will be Psalms 51, and that'll be read by Dr. Jerry Geller from our Oceanside, California class. Can everybody hear me? Yes, we can. Thank you. Good evening. Let us all bow in our hearts and minds for a moment of prayer. Dear Heavenly Father Yahweh, please give us the focus to listen to what the speakers draw out about your divine purpose, pattern, and plan for the next two hours. Still our minds from the outside distractions and Make our hearts like yours. See, help us to realize that you are the true husband, man, and we are your bride. As is said in the prayer, give us this day our daily bread. All these things in the name of your only begotten son, Yahshua the Messiah. Let us all say hallelujah. Hallelujah. Good evening, class. Tonight's scripture lesson will be Psalms of 51st chapter, and I'll be reading from the Holy Name Bible, containing the Holy Name version of the Old and New Testaments, critically compared with ancient authorities in various manuscripts, revised by A.B. Trena of the Scripture Research Association in College Park, Maryland. Psalms 51. Have mercy upon me, O Elohim, according to thy loving kindness. According unto the multitude of thy tender mercies, blot out my transgressions. Wash me thoroughly from mine iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. For I acknowledge my transgressions and my sin is ever before me. Against thee, thee only have I sinned and done this evil in thy sight, that thou mightest be justified when thou speakest and be clear when thou judgest. Behold, I was shapen in iniquity, and in sin did my mother conceive me. Behold, thou desireth truth in the inward parts, and in the hidden part shalt make me to know wisdom. Purge me with hyssop, and I shall be clean. Wash me, and I shall be whiter than snow. Make me to hear joy and gladness that the bones which thou hast broken may rejoice. Hide my face from my sins and blot out all my iniquities. Create in me a clean heart, O Elohim, and renew a right spirit within me. Cast me not away from thy presence and take not thy Holy Spirit from me. Restore unto me the joy of thy salvation, and uphold me with thy free spirit. 
Then will I teach transgressors thy ways, and sinners shall be converted unto thee. Deliver me from blood guilt, guiltiness, O Elohim, thou Elohim of my salvation, and my tongue shall sing aloud of thy righteousness. O Yahweh, open thou my lips, and my mouth shall show forth thy praise. For thou desirest not sacrifice, else I would give it. Thou delightest not in burnt offering. The sacrifices of Elohim are a broken spirit, a broken and a contrite heart, O Elohim, thou wilt not despise. Do good in thy good pleasure unto Zion. Build thou the walls of Jerusalem. Then shalt thou be pleased with the sacrifices of righteousness, with burnt offering and whole burnt offering. Then shall they offer bullocks upon thine altar. Psalms, the 51st chapter. Hallelujah. Thank you, Dr. Geller and Dr. Hudgenwardle. Our scripture readers this afternoon will be Dr. Linda Volpe from our Oceanside, California class and Dr. Gail Josephson from our Green Bay, Wisconsin class. Speakers be advised, there'll be a 15 minute sign appearing on your screen. Please acknowledge when you've seen the sign. Our first speaker this afternoon will be Dr. Bruce Geller from our Oceanside, California class. Thank you, Dave. Good afternoon and evening to everyone. Good afternoon. It's a pleasure to have something to say about Yahweh and his purpose. Uh, you know, the very first thing we read in Psalms, the 51st chapter, and this is David that wrote that, is that he's asking for something that Yahweh has uh, been gracious enough to give all of us, and that's his mercy, folks, and we need it. And uh, his mercy, as the book also says, endures not until next Tuesday, but his mercy endures forever. And uh, we need Yahweh more than we ever have before, folks, because we are living in some uh, very, very tough times. And it's all going according to Yahweh's purpose. In other words, nothing is happening haphazardly. But we are in some uh, amazing times right now. And uh, things are not getting any easier, if you haven't noticed. <laughs> We're in a fight. It's a fight every day and every minute, as it were, because Yahweh has created a, an adversary whose purpose is to try to throw you off the, the track and try to get you to doubt what Yahweh's already done for us, try to uh, just rip your heart out, really, and take away the courage and the... Uh, oh, sometimes words just fail you. Uh, take away the uh, the encouragement that we all have have already received, because we know that Yahweh is real and that His Son 
has given us an understanding. Could I have First John 5 and 19? We're confident, folks, as, as difficult as things are, our confidence is in him. And he has opened up our understanding and given us something so valuable and so precious that the world does not have. And it doesn't take a, uh, a genius to see how dark, how foreboding, how uh, uh, cold, and how wicked this world is, folks. And Yahweh, because of his mercy and his love towards us, has taken us out of this craziness and taught us something about himself, which is our stability. It's what keeps us really from going mad. And a lot of people, folks, in this world are going mad, too. They're scared to death because of what's going on. And we're not. We're standing strong in Yahshua, folks. And it is a fight to the finish, no question about it. Yeah. But we do have an adversary that is continually bleeping in our ear and trying to get us to turn back. Yeah. And we're not turning back. We've come too far. We've received a knowledge and an understanding, and he's making his Holy Spirit available to us. And we're counting on these blessings, folks, that we're receiving. We're counting on Yahweh through Yahshua to come through. And he already has come through for us. Because I know that just speaking for myself, before I came into this class, I didn't have anything. I was just a young punk. I didn't even think I knew much. I, I, I knew that I didn't know. In many instances, what I didn't know, and he had to sit me down and teach me this, was that I needed him. And his spirit is the very thing that he's given, which is doing the teaching, folks. He's the teacher. None of us are teachers. I just asked for a scripture. Oh, yes. First John 5 and 19. And we know that we are of Yahweh and the whole world lieth in wickedness. And we that's know really, that. That's right, Linda. That's, that's right on. We know. Can you start that again? And we know that we are of Yahweh and the whole world lieth in wickedness. Folks, we're not wondering whether we're of Yahweh or not. We know it. We know that we are of Yahweh, and we also know that the whole world lieth in wickedness. It's in darkness, folks. It doesn't know Yahweh. But we do. And we're grateful. And it's the very thing that's keeping us stable and strong and the thing that's allowing us not to to go cuckoo, <laughs> for lack of a better word. 
but you know what I'm saying? It's a, it's a crazy world folks out there. It is, it's madness. And there's really only one escape and that's through Yahshua, the Messiah folks. We have an escape from this madness. Now we know that we are of Yahweh, it says Linda, right? And yes. that the whole the whole world lieth in wickedness. And the world is just completely loaded, as it's been said recently, especially, that it's a, it's a dangerous place, folks. You can't hardly go anywhere where the thought occurs to you, at, uh, I'm sure it has to you, that we could be sitting here and somebody could come by and blow us away. You know? I mean, uh, uh, guns are uh, they're all over the place. And they're being handled by people that are not stable. They don't think nothing of just shooting somebody. Uh, for no apparent reason. Now, it wasn't like that when I was a kid, low those many years ago. But it really wasn't. Once in a while, you'd hear about an isolated case of somebody losing their mind and going uh, up on top of a building and shooting people. That happened. That's happened before. But it wasn't an occurrence that is like almost every day. Now it's just worse than it's ever been. And it's going to get much worse. And folks, it was like that way back in history. Back there with Noah, we read that the world was full of violence. And the hearts and minds of men and women were just as corrupt and just as violent as could be. And we're having a repeat of that same thing that's happening now. Right. And our only peace from that craziness is because we've been given a knowledge and an understanding of our creator and of his purpose, his pattern, and his plan of salvation. And we are so fortunate, folks, that all we can do is just try to tell somebody else about it and help them, which is why we have these classes, so that we can preach the, the gospel of Yahshua the Messiah to the world. We're doing that, and every opportunity we have to preach it to somebody else that will listen, we're more than willing to do it. Because we know that it is a true, our true escape from this madness and from death. Keep on reading, Linda, if you would. I'm not going to be up here long. I just, there's no way in the world that I can't, I can pass up the opportunity to have something to say about Yahweh because of what he's given me. And because and I am, and because I am, it's okay, Linda, I know I'm, <laughs> and because I'm very grateful for what I already have been given. And the promises that Yahweh have, folks, are just, they're almost beyond words. Read, read on, Linda, a little bit. Okay. 
Okay, first John 5 20. Mm-hmm. And we and we know that the Son of Yahweh is come and hath given us an understanding mm. that we may know him that is true, and we are in him that is true, even in his son, Yahshua the Messiah. This is the true Yahweh and eternal life. Isn't that something, folks? They they're not speculating back there these people that gave their lives for this gospel. They didn't say, well, you know, uh, this, this, this stuff really, it, it, it could be true, or, uh, perhaps. Uh, in other words, they were committed, folks, and bound by this gospel. And they knew, just like we know, that Yahshua has come and given us an understanding, folks, that we may know him that is true. And that we are in him that is true. Even in his son, Yahshua the Messiah. This is eternal life. Now, I didn't know one single thing about eternal life or anything else, for that matter, of any importance. Until I came to one of these classes. And I'm so grateful that I did come to one of these classes. Yes, with a great deal of reluctancy, because I didn't want to be seen with a Bible under my hand, you know? Oh, no, too embarrassing, especially at the tender age of 18 or 19. No, no. I had other teenagers to impress, but certainly not with a Bible under my hand or under my arm, even though I was you know, confirmed at 13, bar mitzvah and all those things, you know. I uh, As soon as the ceremony was over, as far as I was concerned, that was the end of my academic uh, instruction in the religion that I was raised in. In other words, I remember that the day of my bar mitzvah, I was I couldn't wait until I could go out and play baseball with my friends. Never mind all the people that came to my bar mitzvah that wanted to see me. Oh no. No, no, no. I had plans of being a baseball player. But anyway, I didn't know a single thing about my creator through all that academic training and and it wasn't that extensive. Don't get me wrong. My parents just sent me to get out of the house to get a, so I could get away from get away from them, you know. But uh, I didn't learn much. Certainly, never learned about the uh, the God. Or uh, actually, they uh, at that particular time they they never told me that his name was Yahweh in all of my training. Isn't that something? And yet it was all those Jewish people that were gathered around Mount Sinai. Those were all Jews, folks, that were given the name Yahweh. Actually, Moses was first given the name of Yahweh at the burning bush. But they never even told me the basics, folks, when I, when I was in uh, academia uh, or when I was in Hebrew school, when I was in Hebrew university. They never taught me any of those things. Never heard the name Yahweh. Never heard it once. It's, to me, it's astounding that I didn't. 
But if you look at the Israelites back there, that's one of the first things they found out was that his name was Yahweh. And it was supposed to differentiate him from all the other so-called gods that were worshipped back there. And don't think for a minute that the, uh, the Israelites were exempt from the nonsense that they came out of in Egypt, just like the nonsense and the ignorance and the darkness that we came out of, that we were brought out of, so was Israel. And yet they had learned some very, very, very hard lessons back, back there. And so, so do we, but it, it's, it's all worth it, folks, to be chastened and to be corrected, which should be our attitudes that if we're wrong, please correct us. That should be our attitude. Not, oh, I'm afraid to be wrong about something. You've been wrong and so have I about everything. And as it says in Isaiah, the 55th chapter, Yahweh's thoughts, thank goodness for this, are not, he said, my thoughts are not your thoughts. Neither are your ways my ways. That's a direct quote from Yahweh himself. And as we have been taught in this class, we see there's a great distinction between the way that we thought before we attended one of these classes were sat down and had our understandings opened up such a great difference between the way that we have thought and the way that Yahweh thinks because the opportunity folks that we've been given is that we might be able to have the mind or the spirit of Yahweh to think with, yeah. not to to uh, be left in darkness, which is where we all were. So I'm grateful that Yahweh has taken me out of this darkness and brought me into the light. And I know that you guys feel the same way. Because it is our stability, it is our peace, and we're grateful for it. I, uh, I just want to encourage everyone to continue the fight. Continue on and learn. This is something directly from the founder that we need to learn as much as we can because we're going to need it. And it isn't that hard to see that we really do need it, folks, in these trying times. We need his strength. We need all those attributes of the Holy Spirit. And they're available. That's the beauty of it. See, a lot of people's mindset is, is ah, nobody really knows. I don't know, and either do you. And, folks, that's, the, that's very far from the truth. That is not the truth. The truth is, is that his Holy Spirit is available right now and is being poured out into the hearts and minds of those that he has chosen. As Israel was a, 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 a chosen back there, they didn't choose Yahweh any more than any of, of us did. He chose us, folks. 
And it's not because of anything that we could do or any great thing about us. It's just that he loved us and he had mercy on us. And boy, I'll tell you, that is something to be so grateful for. Because to Yahweh, he is not a respecter of persons. But he loved us before we were even born. And I'm telling you, sometimes I just am, am, I'm in awe of how incredible Yahweh is. This kind of intelligence, folks, that is able to create something like this and to keep it operating. I mean, I don't know what words you can use to, 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 to magnify how great Yahweh is. And just the fact that we're a part of this, not because of anything that we've done, but because he loved us, folks. That should humble us. In fact, we read about how Yahweh loves those that are of a contrite. and a. In fact, could you get that one scripture for me before I sit down? I believe it's in Isaiah 57 and 15 at not exactly sure where that is, where it says that Yahweh is, and it was in the scripture lesson tonight in Psalms, the 51st chapter, but it's also in Isaiah somewhere where he mm -hmm. said that he is with those of a humble and contrite spirit. Folks, he loves that. Now, you know, when you love somebody, you want to do all you can to please them. It doesn't mean that sometimes you don't screw up, and we certainly can be a witness to the fact that we've all screwed up and that Yahweh has been extremely patient with us and manifested an incredible amount of loving kindness and mercy towards all of us because we all need a swift kick in the you-know-what in the behind. And Yahweh does it, folks, not because he likes to kick somebody in the behind, but because he is correcting us. And boy, we need correction. But we also need to be humbled because fortunately or unfortunately, we have been on a high horse and thought that we uh, were something. And we weren't, never were, and never will be of ourselves anything. Do you know where that scripture is that I asked for about? Him? No, well, Isaiah, it's Isaiah 57, 15. Thank yes. you, Carol. That's what I thought. Go ahead, Linda, with that. It, go ahead, Gail. I have, I have it. It's Isaiah um, 57 and 15. Thank for you, thus say, For thus saith the high and lofty one, that inhabits eternity, mm -hmm. whose name is holy. Yeah. I, I dwell in the high and holy place with him also that is of a contrite and humble spirit to revive the spirit. Mm -hmm. to revive I the right. To revive them with a, go ahead. To Gail, revive the spirit of the humble and to revive the heart of the contrite ones. Mm. I'll tell you, that's something else, folks. But see, that's what Yahweh is looking at, folks, is the heart. He always has looked at the heart. And see, the beauty of 
of being in this teaching as we learn about the precious promises that Yahweh has made unto us. And folks, he doesn't go back on his promises. As a matter of fact, recently what's been brought to my attention, and it's something that's at the forefront of my mind often, is that, and it's also in the in the book as well, that Yahweh has begun a, a work, folks, with all of us. Uh, if you could find that, please, also. He that hath begun a work. Please, please read that, if you would, because this is something to never lose sight of, folks, because Yahweh's, when he says something, he means it, and he fulfills it. That's something that we can't say of ourselves, folks. I know many times I've I've said, oh, yeah, I give you my word, blah, blah, blah. And you know what? We as representatives and ambassadors to Yahshua, we should not give our word and not fulfill it. We should fulfill what we say we're going to do. Read Isaiah 57 and, or no, you already read that. Philippians yeah. 1 6. Yes. Being confident of this very thing. Confident, he, folks. Confident. Not like wavering back and forth. I wonder if this, I wonder if that. No. We just read that we know that Yahweh has given us an understanding. Not that we're speculating about that or wondering, is this is is this thing for real? But see, the, the adversary would like you to take that attitude. Wonder if this thing is really for real. Look, you might need another witness. That's fine. Yahweh's got a, a great cloud of witnesses, and they're there to convince you that he is real. Are you convinced? Or do you need more convincing? If you do, that's fine. You need some more witnesses? Fine. But just know this. We're confident. They were confident back there, folks, those that gave their lives for this gospel. They gave their lives not because they were wondering, is this thing right? They know. They knew in their hearts and their minds, this is worth sacrifice, whatever I is involved in doing do it because you love Yahweh the way that he loves you isn't that something folks how much he loved us that he would die for us folks do you know anybody else that would be willing to do that for you he gave everything that he could possibly give what more can you give than to sacrifice yourself for the good of someone else so that someone else could be a recipient of that Holy Spirit, folks, that he's made available to us. And this thing is a profound uh, uh, thing, that, <laughs> whether you know it or not, this is not some superficial academic exercise that we're doing here. This thing has an effect on your heart and mind, and if it doesn't, it should. There's a great deal of power in this thing. 
and it's going on inside of each and every one of us, folks. How much closer can you get? See, when I was a kid, I had to go to temple. I didn't know that my body was the temple of the Holy Spirit. I had to go someplace to have somebody tell me about something that they really didn't know anything about. But they couldn't. They didn't have the guts to tell me. I don't know anything. I'm just playing. I'm just <laughs> I'm just going through the motions. And that's all they were doing. I'm not saying that some of them didn't have sincere hearts and minds, which Yahweh looks very favorably upon, folks. I just want you to recognize that when Yahweh said, I'm going to give you a new heart and a new mind, let me tell you something. He's done that. He has given us an under an understanding, and he's promised us in, in Jeremiah 31, 31, that he would give us a new heart and a new mind, the mind of him. Let this mind or let this spirit be in you, which was also in Yahshua the Messiah. Folks, we're the beneficiaries of that mind, not of the mind that we had before we came into class. The, that mind, really, I could say that if we never had a right thought, which is what the founders told us, that we never had a right thought about our creator, then you could say that we weren't in our right minds. Not if we never had a right thought, but it's so easy to see because of what mind we had that we couldn't. And we could no more worship the creator with the mind that we had before we were given an understanding than the dog in the backyard. We just didn't have it, folks, until he poured out his spirit on us, folks, and given us an understanding. If he doesn't do that, you can't work up on it. You can't figure it out. And I'm so glad that we are completely dependent on him. Yeah. And that's a good place to be, folks, is to know where your bread is buttered. So I don't know. Uh, I, I, I'm sorry. I just I know I'm pontificating, and I just hope that I'm making sense. I know I'm making sense. I just hope that it, 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 it is making some sense to you because I'm just grateful. I'm 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 excited, and I'm very much aware of the fact that Yahweh has put all of us in our right minds and we need him more than ever folks we need his strength we need his direction and i'm so glad that he's given it to us did i ask for one more scripture or not i'm sorry if i did do you want me to f uh, finish philippians bruce yes this is extremely important and i uh i, I spaced it out he that uh, hath begun linda read read it again Philippians 1 6, being confident of this very thing. Yes. That he, that he who hath begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of Yahshua the Messiah. Folks, he's begun a good work in all of us. That's why we're in class. 
He has started it, folks, and he is referred to in the book as the author and the finisher of our faith. He starts a work, and not like us, where I'll finish it Wednesday if I feel like it. No, when he starts or begins a work, you can bank on it. You can take it to the bank. He finishes it. He fulfills. He institutes, and he fulfills. He gives his word, and he keeps his word. You don't know anybody, and neither do I, like Yahweh. With that kind of consistency, he doesn't have to say, I promise. I wish I had a dime for every time. I didn't make a promise. I just gave my word and I didn't keep it. We're not supposed to be like that, folks. We're supposed to, as it were, just put on Yahshua and that nature and that character, and it's not something you can work up on. All of a sudden, one day you wake up and you have a humble spirit, or you can be easily corrected when you're someone that you can't tell anything to because you already know everything. Boy, I'll tell you, we all could use a dose of being humbled. But just to recognize that we are in a position where we need to be Take chastisement and correction. And we're getting it, folks. Yahweh's doing that. And he's doing it at his own pace. But remember this, he's doing it out of love, not because he wants to smack you up against a, a wall, but because he's teaching us. And sometimes, often, it's not easy to take the truth. The truth hurts. Sometimes, but boy, it's the only thing that's really going to do any good for you. It might be bitter to the taste, but man, once it gets in you, you're so appreciative of the fact that you have, have been a recipient of that rod. Anyways, um, I have no idea why I'm flapping my mouth, except that I just want to uh, 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 say I'm just grateful to to have come in contact with Yahweh. And I'm grateful for the brethren. I'm grateful that uh, that he has opened up his purpose to me and he's shown me something for definite and for sure that I can stand on and be confident on, be confident in. And uh, I just want to encourage you to continue on in class uh, even though there are many, many instances where it can be very, very hard, very difficult. Uh, but we know that we've been given the, the strength to overcome anything. And he is the overcomer, folks. And he's, he's proven that. Over and over, he's proven it, proving to us that through his spirit, Anything can be overcome. So I'm just going to pass it on to the next person. I just want to encourage you to continue to come to class. Pray to Yahweh. Pray to Yahshua that he help you in these very, very difficult and tumultuous times. And thank you for the opportunity to have something to say. Thank you.
Hallelujah. Thank you, Dr. Geller. And our next speaker this afternoon will be the Dean of our Green Bay, Wisconsin class, Dr. Andy Verkaderen. First of all, I'd like to say hi to everybody. Hello. Also really enjoyed everything that Bruce said. And um, hopefully everyone can hear me okay. <clears throat> um, just pondering some of the things that have happened to us since we come in attendance of this school. If we just think of what our lives would be like if we did not come in contact with this teaching, would our health be any different? Would our job situations be any different? Would our pollution in the world be any different? Would our government be any different? Would the economy be ever, ever any different? See, it's going on. The world's a mess. And the world's full of pollution. Uh, things are contaminated. You know, I just think of some of the recent things that come up in the news like Camp Lejeune. You know, when I have people that were personally involved uh, in that situation at Camp Lejeune. You know, and the thing is, you know, whether somebody came to class or not come to class, it's still stuff we have to go through. Unfortunately, the world is a mess. This is Satan's kingdom. If you don't think Satan's real, um, boy, you are sadly mistaken if you think that the devil is not real or does not exist in this age, because he does. Um, let me get, uh, and, and Bruce said a few things that kind of struck a few chords with me. One of the things he was talking about is he who begun a good work will also finish it. Now, what is the good work? The good work that he's talking about is Yahshua has taken you out of the world. He's taken you away from all the stuff. He's given you something else to look at besides politics. He's given you something else to look at besides the hatred among people and nations and races and all this garbage that's going on in the world. You know, it's not getting any better, but Yahshua's given you something else. He's given you an escape. Uh, the thing is, if you think about it, from a natural standpoint, like my dad, passed from colon cancer. So there's a chance I could have cancer. That's just the facts of life. But I'm thankful that Yahshua has chosen me out of the world to be part of this teaching. Because this teaching is the real thing. Our founder in the year 1931 claimed to have had a divine vision and revelation from Yahweh. And he never expected anyone just to believe it because he said it. He said, you make me prove it until you're satisfied. And that's why I come to class is because I've been satisfied by this teaching. I can't refute this information. Now, it it's truly is a blessing, if you think about it, is being able uh, to come to class. Because uh, um, Bruce said that Israel, back in the law, was known as the chosen people and that's easy to find it's in the book black and white you don't have to be a rocket science to interpret that it says Yahweh chose Israel because he loved him and he swore an oath with his father that's black and white 
law. And then you got in Isaiah 43, and um, I think it's 13 or 10, says that you are my witnesses whom I have chosen that you might know me and believe. So Yahshua, the creator, is choosing his people to know him and to believe him. And we also know the same thing happened with Yahshua Messiah. He said, uh, let's go to John 15, um, 15 chapter. And let's go to John 15 and 16. John 15 and 16. Okay. You have not chosen me, but I have chosen you. And now, why is Joshua saying this to his disciples? Because he's fulfilling the fact that he chose Israel. There's 12 tribes, and he chose his 12 disciples. He also, we have in the prophets, which we got in Isaiah 43, that he chose his witnesses to know and to believe in him. And it's the same thing here. He's choosing his disciples in fulfillment. Does that mean he's done choosing? No, he's choosing all along. He's always been the one uh, choosing, even after, you know, in the New Covenant, after Pentecost, he's still choosing. Uh, you can get scriptures that talks about how we're a chosen generation. Um, uh, uh, we're a royal priesthood, all these types of things. And, and like Bruce Scott, he's the author he got how he Yahshua begun a good work, and he'll also perform it. And he got the example in Hebrews there, 12. Uh, let's get uh, 12, Hebrews 12 and 1. And did you finish there, John? Um, what well, and ordained you? He's chosen us and ordained. No, Yahshua's chosen he said you have not chosen me but i have chosen you and ordained you mm -hmm. that you should what go forth and reap. bring forth fruit and that your he fruit did it so that you could go forth and bring forth fruit he didn't do it so you could be unfruitful sometimes we think well gee i wonder what yash was doing for me uh we're supposed to be raising ministers, and people get the idea that a minister is just someone that can get up on the floor and preach. A minister is a servant, a servant of Yahshua, and there are various gifts within the body of being a servant or a minister. And one of the gifts is teaching, but that's only one gift. There are so many gifts. These are beautiful gifts that Yahshua has given the body, and we're not all teachers. We're not all preachers. We're not all this. We're not all that. I mean, I don't want to get into the gifts, but these are things which... Yahshua has chosen us, ordained us, that we should go forth and bring forth fruit. Read. And that your fruit should remain. Mm -hmm. that, that whatsoever ye shall ask of the Father in my name, he may give it you. Mm -hmm. Now, the thing is, when you're talking about the condition of the world and how we were picked out of the world, we can go to... Uh, Let's drop down to verse um, uh, 19. If you were of the world, the world would love his own. Now, we were in the world, and the world was loved us. I mean, they liked it when we went out on Friday for fish fries or went out and partied after work and blew our paycheck and lived paycheck. I mean, that's the life we had before we came to class. The world loved us. But read. 
but because you are not of the world, but Did I you have catch cho- that? He chosen you. You're not of the world anymore. Yahshua has taken you to a place where you can escape the world, even though you're in the world and you're going to be dealing with the things in the world, whether it's health issues, job issues, economic issues, political issues, pollution issues, a bad landlord, a terrible co-workers. We're all going through that. We're all dealing with that. But he is what? Read that again. But because you are not of the world, but I have chosen you out of the world, therefore the world hates you. You've been chosen out of the world. And that's why sometimes some of your friends you had before you came to class, they're not your friends anymore. You see them in the store and they bolt the other direction. But Yahshua chose you out of the world. And you might think, well, did he really choose? Did he really bring me into this class? And let's get, um, uh, oh, let me get John 644. And then we might go up a couple of verses after that. John 644. Mm-hmm. No man can come to me except the Father. Now watch has- this. This is Yahshua talking here. He said, no man can come to me, read, except the Father who hath sent me, draw him, and I will raise him up at the last day. No man comes to the Father, comes to me. So the fact that we've been delivered to Yahshua in this teaching is proof that Yahweh intended for that to happen for us. It's not an accident that we came to class. It's not an accident that Yahshua chose us out of the world. Because if he would have left us in the world, we still would have went through the same things the world's going through. We just wouldn't have had the outlet of Yahshua. Yahshua has given us the way to escape that. Uh, being in him and, and, and getting a different focus in life rather than just uh, want to live the American dream or whatever the dream people think they have. But no man comes to the Father uh, except the Father draw him. That's the only way. And, and you have to admit, you know, how did, I mean, some of the stories I hear about how people came to class just blow my mind. From one person laying on a couch and rolling over on the remote control and accidentally turned on a channel and caught his attention and he ended up calling that channel and coming to class. I mean, I mean, that's incredible if you think about it. Um, but anyway, that's good enough there. Now let's go up to verse John uh, uh, 6 and start at 37. All that the Father giveth me shall come to me. And him that All cometh. that the Father hath given me. So again, it's reiterating the part that no one comes to the Father except the Father draw him. And all that the come to me. Read that again. I don't want to put all that. that the, all that the Father giveth me shall come to me. Mm-hmm. And him that cometh to me, I will in no wise cast out. Now watch. All that the Father giveth me shall come to me. So you think. Is it an accident that you stumbled on this teaching? Yahshua, the Father drew you to Yahshua. And all them that come to Yahshua, the Father shall come to me. And read that last part again. Uh, And him that cometh to me, I will in no wise cast out. It doesn't say he's going to dump you for it. He says, in no wise will I cast thee out. Yahshua is on your side and has your best interest in heart. 
But we are in a world that's polluted, and it's the devil's domain. The thing is, Yahshua has given us an opportunity to escape. If you didn't have Yahshua, where would you turn? Where would you turn to anything in life if you didn't have Yahshua? And, you know, we have to remember, what did Yahshua promise us? He didn't promise us that we would be uh, have the greatest job and we would have no issues with our coworkers. He didn't make that promise. He never promised that your neighbor was going to be a great person. He never promised you that your health was going to be fantastic right until the time. Those are not the promises he's talking about. He's talking about giving you a promise of eternal life and a gift, a precious gift of being a recipient of the Holy Spirit so you can be a joint heir with him in the ages to come. To me, that's just beautiful what Yahshua is doing for us. We just focus in on how wonderful uh, Yahshua truly is. Go ahead and read. For I came down from heaven not to do mine own will, but the will of him that sent me. Mm -hmm. And this is the Father's will who hath sent me, that of all that he hath given me, I should lose nothing, but should Yahshua raise up again. not going to lose anything that Yahweh gave him. Not a thing. A hundred percent. He's not losing any of it that the Father gave him. Now, we have to understand if he began a good work, if he drew you in here, if he's the one that brought you here, you just got to realize that trust him. Trust him. What else do you got to lose? Why don't you? I mean, believe in him. He's pulled you out of the world. Look what he's done for you. He's given you his name. You never knew the name Yahshua before you came to class. You never knew the name Yahweh. You didn't know anything about a pattern that was in your Bible that is a pattern of everything in the universe. It's a pattern of everything that exists. It's a pattern of everything in the Bible. Everything goes by that pattern. You didn't know anything about a pattern. You didn't know that Yahshua was a witness by the things that were written in the Law and the Prophets. You didn't know that he was coming to fulfill all those things that were written in the Law and Prophets. You didn't know anything about an old covenant back there with the time of Israel. Heck, we were in the churches doing the things of the old covenant that was never given to us because we weren't Jews. Most of us weren't anyway. We're trying to keep a, a, a Ten Commandment law and ordinances that were never meant for us to keep. We've been so duped by that devil and then Yahshua has taken us out of the world. We are in the world, but we are new creatures in Yahshua, and we are not of this world. And our mind is being changed uh, to be fashioned to think like him. But go ahead and keep reading. Okay, I'll start again at 39. And this is the Father's will who hath sent me, that of all that he hath given me, I should lose nothing, but should raise it up again at the last day. And trust him, he's going to raise you up again at the last day. If you pass before this, uh, we've had loved ones pass. And I have 100% confidence and faith that those brethren that believe this teaching are going to be raised in the last day. Read. And this is the will of him that sent me, that everyone who seeth the Son and believeth on him may have everlasting life. And I will raise him up at the last day. And he will raise him up at the last day. Now, somebody would think, well, um, hmm. you know, and sometimes if we just focus in on what the founder wanted us to focus in on, we think about the 10 aims. The founder put those aims in place for a reason. An aim is an objective or a goal of this institute. 
And our very first aim is to help you find and know Yahweh, our Elohim, as he really is and actually exists. Now, originally it was help you find and know Yahweh, and Elohim was added later. And then someone will come along and say, well, you can't know anything about Yahweh. Well, if you just stick to the aims, the first thing it says is to help you find and know Yahweh. So why would somebody think it's not possible? But he's not saying you're going to know everything about Yahweh. It's that which may be known of Yahweh will can be declared. And Yahshua's job is to declare things to the Father. And then the same thing, someone might think, well, um, I don't like the way this these people uh, teach. You know, uh, I've heard all kinds of garbage said in these classes that just boggles my mind. Um, you know, they get people divided on races so, and thinking that, oh, uh, this race teaches better than that race or, you know, and stuff like that. They start teaching garbage like that in the classes. The founder set it up. And he even said there's no black folk going to heaven, but he said there's no white folk going to heaven either. He wasn't trying to get people to focus on races. But, but you know, if he put this aim in motion to form a nucleus of universal brotherhood, we're a nucleus of universal brotherhood. That's what we are in this teaching. We're a nucleus of universal brotherhood of humanity in the Ashram Messiah without distinction of race, without creed, sex, caste, or color. That has no value. That's all value in the flesh, but has no value in the spirit because we are all a spiritual bride of Yahshua. And it has nothing to do with your physical carnal uh, stuff. Or someone else would say, well, gee, I wonder what name I should pray in, or gee, I wonder what the name of the Savior is, because now you have people running around thinking that you can be saved in the name of Kinley or saved in the name of Jesus. And one of our aims says, uh, um, oh, the aim about the names, uh, let me see, if, read that aim uh, to make known, verse in uh, 9. To make known that Yahweh from the beginning ordained. There is no other name given among now, men whereby man can be saved. Now watch. To make known that Yahweh, none other name under heaven, uh, given among men. Now this name, none other name. Go ahead, Rita. I, I, I don't mean to interrupt, but I'm just trying to make points. My mind goes a million miles a second sometimes when these things are read. I'll start uh, over. Sure. To make known that Yahweh from the beginning ordained. There is no other name given among men whereby man can be saved, saving the name of Yahshua the Messiah. And now they're teaching you can be saved in the name of Kinley. Stick to the aims. You know, the founder said that both mysteries are being raised in this teaching. And the people are going to start teaching things that are totally different than what the founder put in play. And it's obvious to see some of these things if we just stick to some of the stuff that we've been given by the founder. And, and if somebody says that you could be saved in another name, I would be very careful about that because the founder put this in place for a reason. Now, somebody might say there's no devil or something like that. Well, let's read the seventh name. Why did the founder put the seventh name in play? Read. To discern and avoid being deceived by Lucifer. Well, if we're not dealing with a devil, why would the founder said we, we would have to discern and avoid being deceived by Lucifer, the serpent, read? The devil, the dragon, or Satan and his demons operating the mystery of iniquity on earth through the dispensations of time. 
So we're still in time. If somebody thinks that we're not dealing with a devil or we were in some other age, because we are in the present kingdom age. That is the age we are in right now. And that present kingdom age is in time. If you don't think it's in time, well, what does the calendar say the date is? What does your watch say the time of day is? That's time. And it, when we're talking about not being in time, we're talking about there's no physical earth plane anymore. There's going to be no calendars. This thing is going to be dissolved. That universal revelation of Yahshua Messiah has not happened yet. And that's right on the chart. And the founder was very careful about how he wrote that. He said that this devil's operating due through the dispensations and ages in time. And we have three ages in time. The antediluvian age, the post-diluvian age, and the present kingdom age. Those three ages are in time. We are not out of time yet. We're still in time. If you think you're not in time, well, you know, I don't know where you're getting it from because, I mean, it, it's very obvious. If, if you have a date, if you've got a paycheck with a date on it, if you've got a calendar and you've got something to do on Monday because you've got to go work on Monday, that's time. You live in a world that's in time. There's going to be a day that we're not in time, and we won't be dealing with that devil in the next age. But the founder put these things in play. But then somebody will come along and say something like there's no devil. Where are they getting this from? The founder didn't teach that. But there are people that are being raised in this school, and I don't know where they're getting the information from that sometimes People can draw conclusions about certain things that just are not in harmony with the founder taught. Now, let's take another example. Um, let's go to uh, Ephesians, uh, putting on the armor of Yahweh. Ephesians uh, 5, I think it is. Um, Ephesians. It's six. six. Yeah. yeah. Sorry. Did I call it right or wrong? Wrong? Close? <laughs> Ephesians 6. Okay. And 11. Mm -hmm. Put on the whole armor of Yahweh, that ye may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Now, this is after Pentecost. This is after Pentecost. After the Holy Spirit was poured out in man, which started... The present kingdom age, which we're in right now. And here he's saying, put on the whole armor of Yahweh. Read. Put on the whole armor of Yahweh that ye may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Well, you don't need any armor if there's no devil. But here's Yahweh telling you, put on the whole armor of Yahweh that you might be able to stand against the wiles of the devil or the trickeries of the devil. Because you can be tricked into accepting or believing something that just ain't right. Why would you have to wear the armor if there was no devil? The armor is protecting you from the wiles of the devil. Because there is a devil in the world, you come to class, Yahshua has given you armor as part of having the Holy Spirit or be a recipient of the Holy Spirit. Part of that is the protection part of the Holy Spirit, which is the armor of Yahweh. I mean, it's not like, okay, now I came to class, boy, I have to figure out how to build a helmet for myself or have to build, figure out how to build a 
a, a breastplate for myself and a shield. No, no, that just having the Holy Spirit in you, that Holy Spirit is protecting you. It's guiding you. It's, it's taking care of you because the world is a mess. I mean, your health conditions can be a mess. Your job can be a mess. Politics is a mess. Your name, you see what I mean? He's given you armor to be able to stand up against that. But go ahead and read. 12. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world. We're wrestling against, against rulers of darkness in this world. And if you read the textbook, the 12th step of the steps that the founder thought were important, one of the steps is we must realize that both mysteries originated in heaven and are both operating in the world today. Uh, you know, right in the steps in the textbook, he also talks about both mysteries, both the mystery of righteousness and the mystery of iniquity are both operating in the world today. This is what the founder taught. This is what the founder put in print. If somebody else teaches something different than that, they didn't have a divine vision like the founder did. Where are they coming up with it? Who is giving this information? Where is it coming from if somebody believes this? You know, these are not hard things. If there's no devil, you don't need the armor. But here it's saying clearly you need to have the armor on because we're going to wrestle against principalities. We're wrestling against powers. We're wrestling against the rulers of darkness in this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Read. Um, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Wherefore, take unto you the you whole... You know what spiritual wickedness is? When Yahshua says there's... When the, when the creator of the universe has ordained and given Yahshua a name, which is above every name, the creator of the universe, Yahweh, has given Yahshua a name, which is above every name. Now, I'm not saying Yahshua and Yahweh are two different deities because Yahshua is Yahweh incarnated in the flesh. But Yahweh ordained that manifestation to have a name which is above every name. At the name of Yahshua, every knee shall bow. That is because the divine ordainedness of the creator of the universe, Yahweh, made it so. And then somebody's going to come along and say, that doesn't matter anymore. You don't have the power to ordain a name above that name. The creator of the universe gave Yahshua that name. And you think, well, what name do I have to pray in to be saved? Well, it's clearly Yahshua. He's the one that died for you. I'm not, you know, I'm not saying that the name Yahweh isn't important. I'm not saying the title of Elohim isn't important. I'm not, but I am saying that the name Yahshua is extremely important when it comes to your salvation because that is our husband. That is the manifestation of Yahweh that he's using to marry us, to have us be part of his body, his spiritual kingdom on earth. It's a spiritual kingdom. We are a body of souls in Yahshua that make up a spiritual kingdom on earth, on, in this present kingdom age. And when the world is dissolved, we're going to go into the next age, which is the kingdom age. But it's a Sabbath dispensation. So we'll be at rest. We will not be dealing with the devil anymore. But anyway, keep reading. Against spiritual wickedness in high places. Mm -hmm. 
Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of Yahweh, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. We want you to be able to withstand. We want you to be able to stand in the evil day. Read. And having done all to stand. Mm -hmm. Stand, therefore, having your loins girt about with truth. Having your loins go about with truth. Truth is, 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 Yahshua says, I am the truth. When you're having your loins girt with the truth, your loins are girt with Yahshua. Having Yahshua in you, you have the truth in you. Truth matters to you. The world doesn't give two hoots about the truth. It doesn't matter what's true anymore. But you've been taken out of that. Because if you never came to class, you'd be still caught up in that garbage out in the world. Still with your same problems or conditions. It wouldn't have changed. But Yahshua has given you the way out. Read. And having on the breastplate of righteousness. A breastplate of righteousness. Now we know our righteousness is through Yahshua and Messiah. So again, it's talking about Yahshua. Read. And your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Mm -hmm. And your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. And, you know, and peace is another attribute of, of, of Yahshua. Read. 16. Above all, taking the shield of faith, wherewith ye shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. And take the and helmet above of all, take on the shield of faith. And Yahshua is the author and finisher of faith. He's faith itself. He's that substance that we need. Faith is a fruit of the spirit. It's one of the it's a fruit. It's a fruit of the spirit. Faith is not something that you can go and do on your own. Faith is a, a fruit. Um, I think it's in Ephesians 5 with the fruits of the spirit. Um, it could be wrong. Or it's Galatians 5 or Ephesians 5, something like that. Yeah, it's Galatians 5 and 22. Mm-hmm. But the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace. Look, long peace is one of the pieces of armor. Love, that's an attribute. It's a fruit. It, it's an attribute. These are these are attributes and fruits of the spirit. Of whose spirit? Yahshua's spirit. It's love, it's peace, it's joy. Read. Long suffering, mm -hmm. gentleness, goodness, mm -hmm. faith, it's meekness. Faith. It's faith. That's a fruit. And Yahshua is the author and finisher of our fruit. Now he chose you out of the world to be what? To be what? Fruitful. He chose you out of the world to be fruitful. There's two more scriptures and I'll be down because I know I'm going to be fighting the clock. Let's get uh, uh, um, Ezekiel 30. Uh, no, Jeremiah. Uh, no, Ezekiel 36. And then we'll go John back to John 15 and 1. But I want to go to Ezekiel first. Because it says, I will take you from among the heathen. Now we're talking about the promises. Yash, Yahweh's promising these things. Uh, Ezekiel 36 and 24. And read fast for me, please. Sure. Um, 24. For I will take you from among the heathen and gather you out of all countries. Now here's and Yahweh saying, I will do this. When he says he'll do it, it can't return on to a void. So when he says he'll do it. It's a done deal. It's a promise. I will take you from among the heathen. Read. And bring you into your own land. Mm -hmm. Then will I 
sprinkle clean water upon you. I will sprinkle clean water because you've been getting that garbage water in the world. I will sprinkle clean water upon you. Read. And you shall be clean mm -hmm. from all your filthiness and from all your idols will I cleanse you. Mm -hmm. A new heart also will I give you. I'm going to give you a new heart. Yahshua's cleaning us from all our idols. We used to think the house was the Morton thing or having a great car or a job. The American dream was an idol. But read. And a new spirit will I put within you. Now that new spirit he's talking about is the law of spirit of life in Romans 8 and 2 or the Holy Spirit. That's what we need is to be a recipient or have the Holy Spirit in us. I do see the sign. Thank you. And I will take away the stony heart out of your flesh. Now that stony heart it's talking about here is the old covenant was written on tables of stone. That old covenant is going to be taken away. So he's going to take away that stony heart or that heart, that, that law that was written on stone. He's going to take that old covenant away from us. Read. And I will give you a heart of flesh. Mm -hmm. And I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes. He's going and to you cause you to walk in his statutes. You're not going to have to think about it. He's just going to cause it to happen. Read. And you shall keep my judgments and do them. Mm -hmm. And you shall dwell in the land that I gave to your fathers. And, and you you're going to dwell in the true promised land. You're going to dwell in the kingdom of Yahshua and Messiah, which is the spiritual kingdom on earth in this present age. Read. And you shall be my people and I will And you're going to be my people. And the founder said, the last thing he said when the founder said, man, what will you do? He said, teach your people your will. We are Yahweh's people. Read. And you shall be my people and I will be your Elohim. Mm -hmm. I will also save you from all your uncleannesses. I'm going to save you from all that uncleanness. Read. And I will call for the corn and will increase it and lay no famine upon you. Mm -hmm. And I will multiply the fruit of the and tree. And I will do what? I will multiply the fruit of the tree. He's going to multiply you as being fruitful. Read that again. And then we'll go to John 15 and 1. And I will multiply the fruit of the tree and the increase of the field that ye shall receive no more reproach of famine among the heathen. Then shall you remember mm -hmm. your now, own... Now, these are promises that the founder has given us. These are the promises... Of Yahshua. Now, let's go back to John 15 and 1 and start reading uh, quick. Because I want you to see something else about the fruit. Because faith is I, a fruit. I am the true vine. And my father is the uh, vine dresser. Husbandman. Okay, read. Yeah, it's, it's different. Every branch in me that beareth not fruit, he taketh away. And now, every, every branch that doesn't bear fruit, he's going to take it away. Every branch, read. That beareth fruit, he purgeth it that, it, that it may bring forth more fruit. Well, how do you purge a branch? You cut it. You purge it back so it be, brings forth more fruit. So we're thinking, who likes to be cut? Who likes to be purged? If you think about it, you know, but the thing is, the result is going to bring forth more fruit. Read. Now ye are clean through the word which I have spoken mm -hmm. unto you. Abide in me and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself. Except now watch this. Abide in me and I in you, as the branch. As the branch cannot bear fruit cannot. of itself. 
branch cannot bear fruit of itself. So you think you can have faith? Well, faith is a fruit. Explain to me how the branch cannot bear fruit of itself. If faith is a fruit, faith is a result of being a branch in the vine of Yahshua. It's his divine substance that he has given you a precious gift of peace. He's given you a precious gift of joy. He's given you the precious gift of the Holy Spirit. He's given you the precious gift of faith. He's the author, the finisher of these things. And he who's begun a good work, he will also, you just got to hang on, endure to the end, wear the armor. Because if you weren't in class, would it be any better if you were in the world? You have an opportunity to escape that because it wouldn't be any different. I mean, where would you be if you didn't have Yahshua? Where would you be? Would your life be any better? If you were honest, it would be worse. Even though it might be hell and you're going through hell, just be thankful that you got Yahshua on your side because he made promises to you and his promises will go on in the ages to come. And not of this world, because we're not of this world. He chosen us out of the world. Even though we're in the world, we are not of the world, because we are of Yahshua. And I hope you got something out of it. I apologize if I went fast. There's just a lot going on in my brain, and I just pray and hope that you got something out of it. Peace and love in Yahshua. Um, thanks for the opportunity. Hallelujah. Thank you, Dr. Verkaterin. And our third speaker this afternoon will be the president of our Oceanside, California class, Dr. Carl Emler. Just good evening, everyone. Good evening. Um, I think that uh, I want to go back to the scripture reading and let me first make a couple of comments regarding uh, previous speakers. Um, uh, there was a lot of talk about truth. And um, and truth is a difficult word to throw around because there really isn't an agreed upon uh, understanding of the actual word truth. So truth is tricky. Um, truth in this world uh, is uh, often dependent upon what man uh, determines uh, something that is supposedly sacred uh, is actually saying. And people can read one verse out of the Bible uh, and get many different interpretations. Uh, people can read a verse out of the Quran and get many different interpretations. And the same for uh, the Bhagavad Gita or any of the other supposedly um, uh, words of wisdom passed down to man by people who have been reputed to have been enlightened. Um, and 
And in each case, when someone accepts that a person has been enlightened and they are associated with one of these um, philosophies, the Bible, uh, and in the Bible, there are two different um, religious approaches to the Bible, and that is that the Bible consists of the law and the prophets. Um, that's the Hebrew approach to the Bible. The Christian approach to the Bible is that uh, the Bible consists of the law and the prophets in what is called uh, the New Testament. Uh, and so um, people have been uh, searching these aspects, the scriptures, uh, as well as the Quran. People have been searching the Quran. And as you know, there are two major different factions that have sprung out of the singular book, the Quran. Uh, and these two factions, uh, the, I believe it's the Sunni, Sunni and the Shiite. No, that's, that's Hebrew. The, uh, what is the two factions of um, Islam? Hmm? You guys got mute you can unlock. Uh, is it Sunni and Shiite? Yeah, it is Shiite. That's right. I, the reason I'm confused is because we often joke about being Shiite Yashuans. And those are the Muslims who berate and beat themselves, apparently. But these two factions in uh, Islam go to outward battle with each other. Um, they consider each other unbelievers and that they have the truth. And this is what I'm getting at. This fickle word truth uh, in this world is based on, uh, generally based on some kind of a religious uh, or philosophical text. And then it's interpreted uh, and the interpretations become described as truth. And the problem with that is, and, and, uh, uh, Andy kind of hit on that uh, as well as Bruce, is that uh, is there is there an actual truth? Is there something that supersedes uh, man's interpretation uh, and therefore becomes recognized and known to come directly from a a uh, spiritual entity or a God. And uh, if we go over into the 17th chapter of Acts, uh, and I just want to pick it up with um, Paul's statement there about, let me get there. Um, Sunni and Shia. Sunni and Shia. Thank you, Diane. Uh, X 17, let's see here. Uh, we're going to pick this up at, hold on. Pick this up at 16. Um, a lot has happened in the beginning of the 17th chapter, and Paul has gone from place to place. 
pretty much he's been run out of places. And uh, as soon as he goes to another place, the people who ran him out of the place that he was in run over to the place that he's at and raise up uh, people against Paul at that place. And they, they cause riots wherever Paul goes um, because they are um, uh, convinced that Paul is um, not teaching uh, correctly. And these are the, the Jewish leaders of the time. They're the ones who rise, who, who stirred up the people against Paul. The Jewish leaders stirred the people up against Paul. And when Paul went someplace else uh, to preach, they followed him or sent uh, uh, agents from them to stir the people up in the same manner that they stirred people up in the city prior to that. And so this is a battle uh, between uh, what you know to be Jewish leaders of the time, the same ones who uh, orchestrated the crucifixion of the Messiah. They have not changed uh, over time. They're still uh, in denial of the Messiah. And Yahweh, uh, Yahshua, raised Paul up. Uh, and let me just say something about this raising up of Paul. There's so much. Um, um, you know how uh, Paul was brought into his understanding. It's in uh, Acts where he was on the road to Damascus to persecute the assembly, the Yashuans. And Yahshua appeared to him in a vision and said to him, questioned him, Paul, why are you persecuting me? And uh, what uh, Paul was thinking was that he was persecuting the, Ash, the the people who claimed to have this special knowledge of the understanding of the Old Testament, the Law and the Prophets, and as it pertains to the Messiah. These are people who Paul is pursuing. These are people who have received the Holy Spirit uh, on the day of Pentecost. Uh, let me do something here. Uh, I got to take this back even a little further. Uh, let me see this, if I can do this. We're going to go to um, the 20th chapter of John. I want you to keep your finger in the 17th chapter of Acts. Um, uh, this is the Messiah. Um, uh, this is after his resurrection. Uh, this chapter starts out with Mary Magdalene going to the sepulcher early in the morning. Uh, and so that you have all that going to the sepulcher business and, um, him appearing to Mary, etc. So we're going to start at 20 and, uh, 19, if you would. Yep. John 20 verse 19. Then the same day at eve evening, being the first day of the week, when the doors were shut, where the disciples were assembled for fear of the Jews, came Yahshua and stood in the midst and said unto them, Peace be unto you. Now this dispels any kind of an idea that the Messiah um, raised a physical body. He appeared to them behind locked doors. 
Now, one can say, well, he was in, he raised a physical body, but then because he had to go through the locked doors, he jumped out of that physical body and he went through the doors as an incorporeal body and then took the flesh back. You can theorize or work whatever excuse you want to make in order to explain the event that we just happened. But the simplicity of this event is that Yahshua raised a spiritual body and was not bound by the flesh, neither locked doors nor stone walls. And that's the simplicity of an understanding of what's been going on here. And we're going to get into this further, but I want you to know that it is in the simplicity that the proof uh, uh, can cause you to humble yourself to whatever you've been um, uh, um, uh, deceived by in the world. This simplicity has the power to overcome the most complex theory, concept, and opinion known to man. And the witness for that, and this is in the simplicity, is that he chose Israel. And it's on this chart down here in, in uh, Egypt. He chose Israel, not because they were uh, PhD smart guys, but he chose Israel because they were the least and Pharaoh was the greatest. They were the simplest and Pharaoh was the most complex, at least with respect to power and chariots and all the rest of it and wealth and uh, land ownership and, and pyramids and all the rest of the stuff. And so that is a manifestation of this principle where uh, uh, this simplicity is really has the power to uh, overcome and dispel anything of the mystery of iniquity. It's a phenomenal, it's a phenomenal uh, reality. So uh, uh, go on here. Uh, I just wanted to. 20. And when he had so said, he showed unto them his hands and his side. Then were the disciples glad when they saw Yahshua. So they believed it was Yahshua. I mean, this person uh, appears between in the midst of them and they got to see his hands and feet. You understand? This is the state of understanding that they're in after the death, burial, and resurrection of, of the Messiah. They are still trying to figure things out. Is this really him? Show me the hands and feet. Uh, read on. 21. Then said Yahshua to them again. Peace be unto you. As my father hath sent me, even so send I you. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and said unto them, Receive ye the Holy Spirit. Now, this is uh, uh, interesting. Um, we can pick this principle up in uh, one of Dennis's favorite chapters, being Ezekiel 37. Uh, with those bones uh, and he had to breathe on those bones the second time and, and they came alive. And these principles appear in other places uh, that, but the Messiah said he came to fulfill and he is still fulfilling now. And he's fulfilling this 37th chapter of Ezekiel where uh, Israel, uh, the people, the children of Israel, the disciples and those who he preached to were the dead or dry bones. And he uh, preached unto them and sinew came upon sinew and bone came upon bone. Uh, in other words, this massive of chaotic bones in the valley of dry bones began to 
take on some kind of a shape and form that resembled the body with legs in the right place, bone legs in the right place, bone arms in the right place, etc. And they were in the right place and connected by sinews, which we understand uh, uh, will have the power to make those bones move. And so this is the process that uh, we read about in Ezekiel. And this is the process that the Messiah is fulfilling. Because when he chose those disciples, they had no idea, zero idea uh, of the onset or the coming of the Messiah and who that might be. And for three and a half years, he preached to them how? Out of the law and the prophets. Get me, uh, oh gosh, uh, 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 Luke 24, 27. Is that Nathaniel? No. I want where Philip comes to Nathaniel and says, we have found him who Moses in the law and the prophets did write. I, I spelt Nathaniel. John. John 145. Go ahead. Whoever can get that. John 145. John 1 and 45. Philip findeth Nathanael and saith unto him, We have found him of whom Moses in the law and the prophets did write, Yahshua of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. Now, they didn't say we found the Messiah. They said we found him of whom Moses and the prophets did write, uh, Yahshua the Messiah. In other words, Yahshua had preached to them that through the law and the prophets, who he was, and convinced them that, in fact, he had come as a fulfillment of the law uh, uh, indicating uh, a Messiah and the prophets prophesying of a Messiah. In other words, this chaotic Old Testament, these scriptures that were pounded into their head by the Sadducees or the, 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 yeah, the Sadducees and the Pharisees, those who would teach out of the scriptures, uh, pounded uh, absolute confusion into them, uh, which is why they were dead, dry bones, because it was the dead teaching the dead and the blind leading the blind and both shall fall. But Yahshua comes and shined some light onto those uh, uh, laws and prophets. Oh my gosh, uh, time is killing. Uh, onto those law and prophets. And what he did was he straightened out the scriptures so that they could see a body in those scriptures. You understand that body of the tabernacle, put it together so they could see arms and legs and a head, chest and abdomen. And I don't mean laying on the ground like Adam, but I mean the pr very principle of the organization of uh, those scriptures. Uh, he laid that out for them and that convinced them sufficiently uh, that he was the Messiah. And they were still in their darkness on that. They still had no faith in that, which they didn't know they had no faith, but it wasn't until the time the Messiah began to uh, uh, suffer persecution and was going to go up on the cross that we learned Peter denies him three times to cover all of them, those who might have thought that they had faith because if Peter didn't have it, then, then none of them did. And so this is what I'm talking about with respect to the Valley of dry, dry Bones that Yahshua is fulfilling. And so I said that because now what we got in the upper room, go back to the upper room, uh, uh, wherever that was, uh, where he appeared to them. Um, is that Acts 16, 38? 
He went through the doors. Is is anybody with me on this? We, someone just read it. Um, John. Oh yeah, after the resurrection. Yep, John twenty. Thank you. Would you go back? And nineteen. Yep. Sorry. That's all right. Okay. Nineteen. Um, twenty-two. Nine. Uh, twenty and twenty-two. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and saith unto them, Receive ye the Holy Spirit. Now, so he breathed on them and said, receive you the Holy Spirit. So now what he's done, and read on, read the next part. Whosoever sins ye remit, they are remitted unto them. And whosoever sins ye retain, they are retained. All right. So now uh, he's, um, um, boy, I can't do it. I don't have time. Uh, this goes back to Peter and the rock. And how now it's being shown that uh, this that he said to Peter really pertains to all of those who uh, were believers at the time. But this is before Pentecost. But he still opens their understanding in the scriptures. Someplace it says he opened their understanding in the scriptures. And if you just read it, then I missed it. Luke uh, 24, Luke. 44. Luke. Yeah. Go for it, please. Luke 24, 44. And he said unto them, these are the words which I spake unto you while I was yet with you, that all things must be fulfilled which were written in the law of Moses and in the prophets and in the Psalms concerning me. Then opened he their understanding that they might understand the scriptures. So these Luke and John go together here. The same, uh, uh, this is the same conversation in that uh, room that behind locked doors. Uh, when he breathed on them and said, receive you the Holy Spirit, because the Holy Spirit is a, a, a the spirit of wisdom and understanding and knowledge. And so they had this uh, in uh, in part. Uh, they did not have the reality of this, but they were given the ability to understand these scriptures to such an extent that later they made this decision uh, after the Messiah uh, went through his ascension etc and he said wait here in jerusalem until you receive power what receive power from where from on high oh my gosh uh the reason i'm getting these things is because people just and i'm thinking about the people who might be uh uh, uh coming into this class on youtube and don't know anything about what's going on and i want them to know that we're not saying anything that uh, uh, we think about or we 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 uh, hope is true. We're just going into the book and pointing these things out to you. Uh, and um, so anyways, uh, where was I going to go now? I lost my train of thought where I was going to go with this one scripture I was going to look for. Um, uh, uh, on high. That's what I want. Mm -hmm. Yep. Um, X. Go ahead. Um, I'll find it in a second. Okay. Um, no, it's on. Uh, still continuing on Luke 24. Okay, go um, for it. 29, or 49, I mean. And behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you, but tarry ye in the city of Jerusalem until ye be endued with the power from on high. Now listen, so many things are important here. He said, uh, I, read that again, I send, the, I send on you. The, read that again. Um, 49. And behold, I send the promise of the Father upon you. Now, he, he says, behold, I send the promise of the Father uh, upon you. 
All right. Now mm-hmm. keep this in mind. Now read. But tarry ye in the city but, of Jerusalem. So I've given you this. I've, I've sent this promise upon you. I've sent the promise upon you. But now what happens between the him having said he sent the promise and but something is yet uh, in the future? Read it. But, but. Terry, Terry ye in the city of Jerusalem until you be endued with the power from on high. So you've had the promise now. In other words, this is locked into you and the scriptures have been opened up to you. But tarry uh, until you receive power from on high. And that power is the Holy Spirit in their heart and mind on the day of Pentecost. So what this reflects is that they have had a vision of the operation of Yahweh's purpose through uh, uh, this process of the Messiah coming and fulfilling the law and the prophets. He's opened up their understanding. That represents a vision, but they have not yet had a revelation. Why do you know they haven't had a revelation? Because of this. Uh, I want you to get uh, Matthias being in the in the, the straws. Uh, um, uh, sorry, guys, that I don't know where yeah. any are. Beginning of Acts, first chapter of Acts, I guess, Diane. Yeah, probably. Um, see if you guys can find that. Acts. Acts. 2.21. 2.15. What is it? 2 what? I don't know. 2.15. 2.15, yes. 115, I'm sorry. Yeah. 115, okay. Go. Right, Acts 115. And in those days, Peter stood up in the midst of the disciples and said, the number now, of... Those days are the days they were supposed to spend in Jerusalem waiting for power on high. All right? But they knew the scriptures, so they had a vision. And now they're in Jerusalem and they're waiting. When's this going to happen? Uh, it hasn't happened yet. And they're just tapping their feet on the floor. And so they decide, we got to do something. Read. Started again. And, and in those days, Peter stood up in the midst of the disciples and said, the number of names together was about 120 men and brethren. The scripture, the scripture must needs have been fulfilled, which the Holy Spirit by the mouth of David spoke before concerning. Now, Judas. this scripture needs to be fulfilled and it hasn't been yet. So here we are, the 120. We're all gathered together, probably still in the upper room that they can have with locked doors, if you understand. Uh, And they're discussing this. What are we going to do? Read. Who was was guide to them that took Yahshua, for he was numbered with us and have obtained part in his ministry. Now this man purchased a field with the reward of iniquity, and falling headlong, he burst asunder in the midst, and all his bowels gushed out. And it was known unto all the dwellers at Jerusalem in so much as that field is called their proper Get tongue. Get down to the meat of this, Gail. 23. <laughs> or, 23. Or Linda. Linda. 23. And they appointed two, Joseph called Bar- Barsabas, who was surnamed Justice and Matthias. And they prayed and said, thou master. So they're going to choose someone to have this to fill the spot of Judas so that the scriptures are fulfilled that there's 12 of them. They've gotten together. They thought this thing out because the scriptures have been open to them. And now they're going about to come up with a bright idea. You understand? Mm -hmm. And this is what I'm talking about as far as the world is concerned. And if you search out 
major religions throughout the world, particularly Christianity and Judaism. It is, if, let's just deal with Christianity. Christianity is based primarily, no, we're going to deal with Judaism too. Sorry, Bruce. Christianity is based primarily on traditions, not the scriptures. In other words, uh, the doctrine of uh, of of the Trinity is not in the scriptures, but they got together uh, in Nicene and they argued, is it two, is it one, is it three, la da 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 back and forth, and they voted on it, and they come up with a Trinity. That's a tradition, you understand? And uh, there were other traditions that, that are, are the same way. There was another council of Nicene, Diane picked up. Nicene 2. And what did they do there, Diane? Um, they said you should worship angels. Ah, that's where they deleted one of the commandments in the 20th chapter of Exodus, thou shalt have no idols. And they got together and said, uh, you can have idols. And so that's where idols came from. Another one of these, and idols are the tradition, and the whole Catholic Church in, uh, is based on idol worship. Uh, and that's men getting together in a room and figuring it out. And a pope, uh, in order to become a pope, uh, men get together and they vote on it, and you get black smoke four, five, six times, which means they were wrong. Uh, and God's sitting up in heaven, tapping his foot, waiting for them to get it right, you understand. Uh, and it's just not the way it is. That's a tradition of men. Uh, Judaism, uh, you have the uh, the Torah, right, Bruce? The Torah. But what is used to teach the Jews primarily? And that's the Talmud. And if you look up Talmud, it is, huh? Tradition. Traditions. They get together and they... Uh, uh, that's why they have a slanted uh, mezuzah outside outside their doors because they couldn't decide if it should be up and down or back and forth. So they put it at a 40 to 5 degree angle to satisfy both factions. You understand? These are the traditions of men. Now, I said all that because truth in this day and age is based not on scripture and scripture is revealed information. And I use the term information hesitantly you understand, but it was the word of Yahweh that came to Ezekiel, the word of Yahweh that came to Jeremiah, the word of Yahweh that came to Isaiah. It was Moses who had a divine vision. Abraham had a divine vision. Jo uh, 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 Isaac and Jacob had divine visions. Everything came directly from a creator. They didn't get to, the children of Israel did not get together and decide how to build a tabernacle pattern. It just didn't happen that way. And it's not happening that way now. Uh, uh, oh my gosh. Uh, so we got to get back online here because I've only got like five minutes. You don't even need to sign. I'm watching the clock. Um, uh, oh, there's not going to be anywhere near the time to develop this. Uh, so uh, my point is that uh, it was on the day of Pentecost that they had the revelation of what the words of the creator are. And that's the truth because Yahshua is the creator manifest both in and out of a physical body. And I say that because when we say Yahshua manifested in or out of a physical body, we mean this, that Yahshua was manifested in a physical body uh, and fulfilled the law and the prophets and hung on that cross. Uh, and then uh, he uh, uh, was buried. That body was thrown in the tomb. Uh, and uh, But Yahshua, the spirit, resurrected. He resurrected a spiritual uh, body, not a physical body. And when he entered, uh, the children of Israel, those 120, 
on the day of Pentecost. This is the day that they receive the revelation or the understanding of this thing. Uh, that's the time at which they understood what truth was and that it was not something that was uh, available through uh, uh, research and argumentation. Uh, and then we define truth by what we've agreed upon. And Yahweh has never allowed truth to be uh, decided upon by what uh, man agrees upon. You understand? And so uh, uh, these people on the day of Pentecost receive. Now, this is going to be tricky. You got to stay with me on this. Uh, these people receive the Holy Spirit. And where did that happen? Where did they receive the Holy Spirit? They received the Holy Spirit in their soul not in their physical body's heart. They received it in their soul. And we are in the kingdom now in our soul, but we are in the flesh now in this body. And so our life is hidden in him in our soul, not hidden in this physical body. And when Dr. Kinley would talk about H.C. Kinley, uh, that physical body and that personality and anything you want to attach to that, he says it, it, that that is gone. Uh, Yahshua just stepped inside of me and there was no more Henry Clifford Kinley. Yeah, you may have seen a physical body walking around, but that was the, the soul uh, of the spirit of Yahweh, Yahweh Elohim, Yahshua, uh, manifesting in a physical body but not the same way that it was manifesting in a physical body back under the law and the prophets, uh, or back, I mean, back with the Messiah at the fulfillment of this. That was the last time that Holy Spirit uh, manifested. Now, oh boy, I got two minutes. That was the last time that Holy Spirit manifested in a significant physical body. Your physical body is not significant to Yahweh's purpose. Your spiritual understanding, the fact that you were circumcised in the spirit uh, and in the heart, which is in the soul, not in your physical heart. No one went into your physical heart. No one baptized you with physical fire. You understand all of this is happening behind the veil of the flesh as far as the world is concerned, but not as far as you're concerned with your understanding. It's not happening uh, behind the veil of the flesh. It's happening in your soul. And that soul is expressed now past or via the body of your flesh, which is why Dr. Kinley made the statement that uh, they, you don't have to read the Bible to them. They're reading you, you understand? And so under this new covenant, uh, you manifest the divine nature because that is the operation of the Holy Spirit. You manifest it through your soul. Your soul has been conformed or is in the process of being conformed uh, to his image. And I say that because it did not yet appear what we will be, but that will come uh, at the universal revelation of Yahshua. But yet and still, we are in part that uh, visible to spiritual eyes, shape and form of Yahweh Elohim. And we as a complete body make up that visible, spiritual, incorporeal body of Yahshua through all these souls fitly framed together 
in a single body. So I can't do it myself and Dennis can't do it my, himself and uh, Diane can't do it herself and on and on and on all the way down through until like a puzzle, you put all of us together and we shout in one, uh, one uh, shout, Yashua, and the walls come, come tumbling down. And boy, I hope you got something out of that because there just wasn't time. Thank you very much. Hallelujah. Thank you, Dr. Emler. We'd like to thank everybody who joined us today in our Zoom class. And we'd also like to thank those who have viewed us on YouTube. We hold our Zoom class every Saturday from 4 to 6 p.m. Pacific time. At this time, I'd like to ask the class to stay muted until the live stream has ended. We'll now be dismissed by the doxology, which is taken from the last two verses of the book of Jude. Now unto him that is able to keep you from falling and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy. To the only wise Elohim, our Savior, through Yahshua the Messiah, our Sovereign, belong glory and majesty, dominion and power, both before all time and now and ever. Let us all say, Alleluia. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.